0: There
1: you go. All right, what's going on, my man? How are you?
0: I'm good, dude. Sorry, I'm a couple minutes late. I was having ah, some
1: difficulties all here. All good, brother. All good. So, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, I am here with AJ the Ghost Fletcher, uh, UFC welterweight. Somehow you get down there. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, so you look like a big dude. First of all, when you get in there, I don't know how you get down there. So if you could talk about how, because I, how tall are you? You're like what, five or six foot? I say 510 with socks on, but no, I'm about I'd
0: say 59, five, 5 yeah, five around 59.
1: Five, 59, five, but you're built like a a break shit house, son. Yeah, yeah, no, actually a break <laughs> shit house, yes. Uh cuz so if you want to be completely honest, uh I didn't know who you were going into your last fight with Matt because it was your UFC mm-hmm. debut. I I watched your fight on the Contender Series, but I didn't know much about you obviously. And that's the problem, you know, with watching guys who were making their debuts you have no idea you know what you're getting yourself into um and I knew who Matt was obviously my uncle was his wrestling coach in high school so I had known him Mm -hmm. prior uh so that's and I was I was interested in the fight because when it got announced Matt was coming off of a big knockout win and he had kind of picked up some steam and then they announced something this guy making his debut and I was like that makes no sense So I thought personally, and this is me, I didn't know who you were. So I thought he was just going to start you truthfully. You know what I mean? Um, And then after that first round, I looked at my dad and we were like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, oh, God. All right. This is why they made the fight. And uh, I thought you gave him his toughest test. That wasn't Chaos Williams. Uh, And I think your stock went up in that fight massively in my eyes, at least, you know, and a lot, a lot of people who are watching that fight, uh, definitely got to, got to know who you were. And, you know, even though the decision may have not gone your way, I think there was a lot to take out of that fight. So if you could talk about some things you took out of that fight and you know, what the experience was like making your debut.
0: Yeah. First off, uh, shout out to your uncle for making me lose that fight. No, I'm kidding. I'm a i Matt had man. landed
1: really, when, when he landed that big takedown, I was like, Oh man, Yeah, damn near put me on my head, huh?
0: Yeah.
1: You had him him on the
0: mat. You were controlling the first round. True. And then he took a page out of my playbook and hit me right back with it, man. It was a great fight. It was a great Um, fight. We, you know, me and my coaches, we figured we figured that's how kind of how it was gonna go. You know, we we knew Matt wasn't gonna be a guy that folds up in adversity. We knew that Matt was gonna be a complete fighter, and he actually surprised me a little bit on the ground, not in terms of like he was really savvy in there, like he did things a veteran would do. He knew how to conserve energy and all that, but he was more sound uh, positionally on his back than I thought he would be. For, for example, like I thought he would have to use a lot more energy to try to keep himself safe in some of those positions, but he knew how to keep his elbows in. He knew how to he knew how to avoid danger in an efficient way, if that makes sense. And on the feet, man, we, I knew Matt had that killer right hand, you know, he's coming off of tubes, super quick knockout wins. So I was making sure all camp, we were trying to parry that, counter that stuff like that. And on the feet, man, it was, again, it was kind of back and forth. He landed some good stuff. I landed some good stuff. Um, We kind of, yeah, we just figured that's kind of how the fight would go. It'd just be back and forth and um, you know, Matt's a tough guy and has great coaches.
1: Yeah, no, I thought that uh, I thought, did that work Friday night? Um,
0: No, I didn't, man. did oh, they see. had like four performances of them, like four knockouts of the night, but no, no, no
1: fight. no fight of the night. I thought that was, I thought that was, that I remember that card uh, very well, and I thought, I thought that was easy fight of the night. Uh, I thought that was high level stuff because that's the thing when you watch these fight nights is you know you never know what you're going to see. Uh, and that's why, I, that's why I tell people you know try and watch, try and watch the fight nights because I think you know obviously both of you guys have your next two fights scheduled. So first of all, congratulations on that. And secondly, they're both on pay-per-view cards. So it's like, obviously, you know, Sean Shelby and the rest of the matchmakers and Hunter Campbell, they saw what I think I saw in that fight was you two are worthy of being, you know, guys who they could put on, on pay-per-view cards, you know, as high level fighters. And, you know, we wouldn't know that, or people wouldn't know that if they didn't watch the fight nights, you know? So I think that was definitely an impressive performance from both of you guys and two guys who I think have... Great potential to be ranked, uh, you know, one day. I think you're what twenty five. I don't think Matt's far off, man. I think he's one or two fights
0: from from getting that, you know, that number by his name.
1: Exactly, and uh, because he's fighting Morono, and I think if he wins that fight, he's right in that like teens teens kind of range. Yeah. Kind of where chaos was uh, after he beat Matt, and then went and fought Randy. I think Matt can get a fight after that if he beats Morono, and then for you, uh, you're fighting Losa, right? Yep yeah that's see that's a fight too where you know if you win that fight, I think you're maybe two or three off from from getting a number next to your name uh and that and if, if that's your only loss is another guy who if matt goes out and that that loss can age well for you and sure. and it, you know especially if Matt makes it look quick with him, you know you you drove him i think to it i think he, you guys bought out the best of each other in that fight for sure um yes. And it was definitely a thing,
0: man, like going into having a debut versus a guy like Matt, who, you know, I, I could see being a top 15 guy. It's like, boom, instantly. Like, I know that, you know, my skill set can compete with some of the top guys in the division, man.
1: Easily. In my opinion, that's not even a, a question. And uh, I think I think, you know, even I think the you the, showed your you showed your skill set um in that fight and I think that's gonna propel you to great things because I think this fight's gonna be a really good showcase for you I think this is a good stylistic matchup for you um you know with with your kind of style and I feel like you're the kind of guy who could eat big shots and fighting a guy like Matt like if you ate what he could eat which you clearly could you know I feel like you know I, I just don't know who can you know really hurt you? I, like. big, I don't know if you can see, bro. I got a I got a pretty big head. oh yeah, we'll I know, I yeah, yeah you, got, you, got, you got a head. You can take some shots. That's right. Um, so it's definitely interesting, right? Because I feel like there's some guys who I I started you know watching really closely, and you're definitely one of those guys. Um, not only because you know obviously I watched your fight lastly very closely because you know my uncle and everything, but uh, just just the fight I thought was a fantastic scrap. Uh. And I'm I'm really interested in your next fight, uh. That's in August, right? Yes, yeah, August 20th. Yeah. WUZB card right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So once again, the high-profile, you know, venue and and it should be a really fun scrap. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And how's the camp going? Are you in camp yet? Or is it just like how does the Oh yeah, yeah. We uh,
0: I think I found out about the matchup. Man, probably we're six weeks out now. Probably around eight weeks ago something like that oh, wow I've, I've been known for a good little bit so and that's the thing like I was so after Matt after the fight with Matt I went back and wa- I tore the band-aid off immediately watched the fight as soon as I got back to my hotel room was picking myself apart like saying bro put your foot here why are you getting hit with you know yeah. just going through the regular stuff um, but I was excited to get back in here and work so as far as camp like honestly the next week I was in the gym training with stitches in my head from that nice little elbow he landed and just trying to work on the stuff that that I saw needed to be fixed you know um so it kind of started straight away from that and then obviously like as soon as you get a name as soon as you get a face as soon as you get a a date that you're going to be you know going in there everything starts kind of ramping up and there's this trick too with it though like back when I was an early amateur I'd get like so ramped up so early like before the fight that you know, two or three weeks out, you're kind of like, not at a plateau, but you're, you're, you almost have to take a step back off the gas pedal so that you can like re-hit it fight week and all that, if that makes sense. Now, the more I do it, the more I kind of, you know, get into with my body, the more I dial it in, the more it's like a steady kind of ramping up. So Camp started just fixing what was what needed to be fixed for Max and stuff. Then just developing other parts of my game, and then now obviously we're starting to close in on you know developing a game plan for Anj and conditioning's starting to get to a crazy level. And um, yeah, man, everything's starting to peak, and we're getting there.
1: So, if you don't mind me asking, what do you what do you walk out right now? Like, what do you, what's your weight right now? Right now,
0: dude, I just weighed. I'm sitting a little heavy uh, with water, but I'm 195 right now.
1: Is that? that's so is that what you normally walk around at like I don't
0: so, kind of so after after the mat fight one of the things i wanted to see was i always felt i was a welterweight but i wanted to get like data i'm a very like science research kind of guy i guess so i went to the performance institute got every single one of those little tests done that you could and basically what they said was yeah bro you're definitely a welterweight um looking at the scans and stuff they said i was like well within all the limits well within whatever but looking at the scans and stuff. Also, I could see that certain parts of my body were less, less developed than others. So, uh, one of the things I've added this camp is, you know, I added in strength and conditioning in in a pretty regular way. Um, and I'm actually sitting a little bit higher than I usually am, which I kind of wanted to, I wanted to add, I'd say like three, three to four pounds, which we're sitting right at. So, um, now we're, we're slowly starting the, the tapering down process and everything. And, We'll hit that 171 mark right on the dot. Not a pound lower. Not yet.
1: No, not a pound higher. There it is. Cause I feel like weight cutting, uh it's it's such a it's almost a science for you guys. Uh you're kind of programmed almost to to know your body and especially with the, what the UFC does, you know, with their PI, like you were talking about. It's it's almost easy to uh not easy, but it's easier now than I feel like it used to be to kind of get your body under control, and with all these dietitians and all that stuff. Uh, so, what do you think? That, like, how do guys like? I I just find it funny how a guy like like I don't know if you remember Paulo Costa when he <laughs> Marvin Vittori, came in like twenty pounds over. How did that even like? I don't. That's like you going right now and weighing in on the scales right now to fight Ange. Like I don't know.
0: There's there's two ways I think that happens. There is. First of all, I think the Brazilians cut like a humongous amount of weight and they don't do it, they don't necessarily do it all the way, the PI and like a lot of a lot of Americans, they'll kind of like drag out their water cut. Whereas most like I don't know, the, the main system I'm seeing now is more like a, a drastic water cut with sauna and stuff over like 48 hours with you know tapering, tapering through carbohydrate and salt manipulation before that on fight week from what I've heard, they'll, they'll cut water very, very early out and try to maintain that. So as far as coming in 20 pounds overweight, there's two things I can think happened. One, the dude was like, fuck this. I'm not cutting anymore. And just went to his fridge, drank some water. Boom. It's done. The other way is like, maybe it's like a rough cut and like his heart starts going and you can't get your heart rate down or whatever. And like, you know, that cascade of like bad medical events starts to go down. So then to save a main event, you know, they're like, okay, okay. Twenty percent of twenty pounds overweight, thirty percent of your purse, whatever. Let's just save the fight, rehydrate up. You are going to weigh in; it's going to look terrible in the media, but we're going to still fight. Does that, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, for sure, that makes sense. And also,
0: third option, both of those things could have not happened.
1: You <laughs> know, the guy just doesn't give a shit. And yeah, yeah. There is that. So, because uh, I've always thought about it as I don't know how you guys do it, especially for like when you walked in there against Matt, I was like, holy shit, like this guy's gigantic. <laughs> I, was, I, I, yeah, I thought that about matt <laughs> yeah i mean he's tall but he's lanky you just look like a fucking tank the way you like i don't even know you're just just big bone strong southern i got defense. dense
0: bones baby that's what my mama told me all the time i got dense bones
1: <laughs> yeah definitely and you're you're in louisiana right now yeah, yeah okay i got you so you uh you're full-time down there correct mm-hmm and yeah. in the lafayette yeah, yeah so you're from lafayette then
0: I'm from Baton Rouge, which is about an hour away, um, and then moved down here
1: six years ago. Okay, so then you train with, like, Alan Jovan, right? Uh-huh, yeah. In that team? Uh-huh, yeah. So I guess I kind of want to ask you uh, about, like, you know, because you're 25, so you're obviously very young in the game. Uh, having guys like Alan and Dustin, right? I feel like they're kind of like a – if it was a football team, like, those are kind of the leaders, you know, and they're guys you can kind of look up to, right? mm mm-hmm um you know as how to how to cut weight what it takes to get to that level of elite mixed martial artist, you know uh so if you could just talk about you know what it's like training with those guys and and the things that they've instilled in you that you could take and hopefully apply to your career on your way to the top
0: sure i think um Obviously, getting to pick those guys' brains and, you know, get techniques from them, get, you know, weight cutting strategies from them, get strength and conditioning things that they've that they've pieced together over their career through interacting with a bunch of experts and all that. Getting to pick their brain on that stuff obviously has its benefits, right? You never stop learning, and it's a, it's a constant little way of growth as long as they're, you know, forthcoming with information, which they're both great guys. We all see that, and they're, they they'll tell you whatever you want to know. But I think the biggest thing, man, is it being around guys that are that have gotten to the highest level and that are around around the highest level. Alan's commentating now. Dustin's, you know, still top of the world Mm -hmm. and just being around those guys. It removes like the mystique of of looking up at somebody who's like super successful and almost seeing them as like as like some sort of alien or something like, oh, how did they get there? They must have like said all these prayers to who knows and you know what i mean like there's it said that like made this potion and you know all kind of stuff it removes the mystique and then you start once the mystique's removed you start seeing these guys as like just normal guys that anybody could really obviously they're incredible they're far from normal but they're normal guys who built themselves into these things And when you make that connection, it it has a way of like removing just a whole layer of bullshit that you tell yourself as to why you can't go a certain place or do a certain thing or be a certain thing or whatever. And then the last part of that is when you see their daily process and their daily actions and you see how that's built them into what is this, you know, Titan or alien that looks like, you know, just something incredible. You get to see that whole process. You get to have the mystique removed. You get to see what you can become and then you get to see how to become it because these guys are literally a template and obviously everybody's got their own path. Everybody's got their own way of doing things. Everybody's got everybody's body's different, but if you can, you know, get enough of like an index from all these different guys at the top of the sport and kind of figure out what that path is for you, dude, it's invaluable. Like that's literally like the sorcerer of stone right there. You know, like that's, that's the nugget, you know, it's, it's awesome being
1: around them. I, I could definitely uh, understand what you're saying, you know, because the way I look at it, uh, I think martial arts is the greatest sport in the world. Uh, truly, I do. I think it, it's because not every sport, you know, there's not as much – people think there's discipline with – and I'm, I'm a fan of every sport. Like I say, I watch football, I watch basketball, I watch baseball, you know, all the time. But the uh, the mindset you have to have going in there, you know – one-on-one like you can't blame it on the quarterback you can't blame it on the pitcher you know you it's it's all on you and I feel like there's a lot of pressure that comes in with that uh you know especially for, for young guys and I was like I said just curious because of you know the experience that Dustin and Allen have and the things that they've bestowed upon you obviously um you know and and that pressure kind of can fall off your shoulders a little bit And you could see uh, those guys and and how they've done it. You know, Dustin's been in some of the biggest fights in UFC history. And it seems like, you know, he doesn't really let the pressure get to him. And that's something I saw in your fight. I thought that you looked pretty calm. And that's very rare for somebody's UFC debut. Usually when you watch a debut guy, they come in first round, all guns blazing. You know, the hype is the the adrenaline's rushing. You know, it's like uh, they can't control themselves that first round. They just start swinging, swinging you know sloppy takedowns but with you you were very methodical Got a takedown and and stayed on top and was able you know you you didn't make bad decisions on top that first round i thought it was very sound grappling and that was what i was most impressed with uh from your first performance so i applaud you on that thank you and, and secondly so while we're talking about louisiana i've never had like louisiana cuisine mm Cause I'm, so I'm from New Jersey, so I don't want to ruin it by going to like a, a place and getting like gumbo and then like have it ruin it for, you know what I mean? I like, can't do that. Right. No. no so man.
0: you gotta, yeah, you gotta make a trip out of it for sure.
1: I do. Right. Cause my parents, my parents went on their, uh, honeymoon in New Orleans. So they, they said it was a great time and my dad likes all types of food, but he said that, that, that Louisiana food is different. Hundred uh, percent, dude, and it's weird because
0: like New Orleans. I'll say this: my brother lived. Uh, we're all we're all from Baton Rouge, obviously, but he he lived in New Orleans for probably five or six years. And New Orleans is so unique because it's there's so many like different pockets of different. You can get Cajun food, and you can get really good Cajun food in New Orleans, but you can also get like all these other like little different pockets. It's like a melting pot down there, and it's yeah. all like real authentic stuff. But then dude all throughout Louisiana you can find good food but if you come down to Lafayette I don't know so let me just go through like the Louisiana food index for you that you gotta try you're gonna come here's the here's the plan you're gonna come down here in a Mardi Gras around February March one year stay for you don't need to do a full week you don't need it's like Vegas you don't need a full week I'd say you you get like three four days in you and you're good but you gotta get okay so everybody knows the gumbo you gotta try some gumbo you gotta get some etouffee which is like a, it's similar to a gumbo, but not like all mixed in. I don't, I don't want to ruin it. You just have to, you just have to experience it. it. Okay. So it's gumbo etouffee. We got to get you some King cake. That's right around King cake time, dude. Mardi Gras. Oh
1: man. You, you know what King cake is? My, pa- my parents talk about it because I believe they went around Mardi Gras.
0: Oh Yeah it's just like a big like a big cinnamon roll with some icing but for some reason you put like yellow purple and green on it it just hits different
1: it's, it's it's the one
0: yeah man get that obviously get some seafood some shrimp all that some crawfish and okay. i think dude if you come down to lafayette you gotta get some boudin Boudin's a big one down here boudin is like uh it's pork and rice stuffed in a almost made like a sausage roll kind of but it's, it's like an uh, intestine casing i think but it's, no, it's, it, you can't. No, no,
1: no, I'm not, I'm, I'm down, I'm down to try whatever, my man. Like I said, I, I want to try it, but I don't want to try it up here. Like go to like a Cajun, Cajun food place and then have it ruin my experience. Like I kind of want to just go right into the belly of the beast because that's the type of food that, that I want. I, I want to try it because that's my style of food.
0: That's the, dude, you got to make a trip. Come on, come no, on. Down. I,
1: I have to, definitely will. And, uh if, and for you, have you ever had like, I'm not talking about Olive Garden, like real Italian food.
0: Not until probably four months ago. So my girlfriend, her family is like super Italian, huge, big gatherings. And her uh, grandfather like made, made the noodles, made the sauce, made the all of it. And it was life changing. You like it? Oh, dude, it was so good. Yeah, right? I just, I can't have it too much or else I'm a heavyweight.
1: Yeah, yeah, or else you're gonna be fighting Francis next week.
0: <laughs> I've seen that dude. Dude, he was the first guy I saw when I walked into the PI. Both the my first two times, it's like Hey, there's Francis and Ganu hitting pads. And it just sounds like get thunder going off every time.
1: Yeah, I can only imagine what that sounds like. I don't want. I would never. I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> scary sight, bro. It's scary yeah. sight. So. How like how big is that guy? I, I just seen him. Like I don't.
0: You know how they say like the camera adds ten pounds, like it makes yeah. you look bigger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's the only person I would say that the camera makes look smaller. That makes sense. I, he's like, like it's yeah, but he's, like it's so crazy because like you you talk to him, he's a real nice guy or whatever. I just said hey and passing and stuff, but and he's my coach with Tim. Tim will talk to anybody, bro. Tim's talked to Francis and all that, but when you hear him talk, it's like very like.
1: It's like, almost he's telling us like a bedtime story. <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah, bedtime story, but also like just very like gentle, if that makes yeah, sense. A you know? big giant that like gentle giant, yeah, just put me to sleep, Francis. One punch, and I have the best sleep of my life, dude.
1: Oh, to, I don't know if I wake up, <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever wake up. Um, but yeah, if you listen, if you get this, you get this win against Ange, right? UFC 281 just got announced November 12th. Madison Square Garden I will be there okay I'll be there if you think you've had good pizza after the fight okay I'll take you for good pizza I'll take you for real pizza I hear it's called pies up there pies yeah I mean it, it's it's what it's it's kind of whatever you call there's different styles right there's there's your round pie then there's the big fluffy square pie which is my my stuff but you can't have that during fight week that's that's after the fight (laughs) but let me tell you if you get this win quick turnaround hopefully gets you on madison square garden card pizza's on me bro i gotta the, the more i tell people all the time pizza is my favorite food uh and especially the pizza up here i've been to i've been to a lot of places and the pizza up here is the best
0: Really, you you put New York over Chicago with pizza?
1: So I've never had true Chicago pizza. I've had like like uh, some some variations of it, but I don't see how it could beat it. I've been to I've been to Italy. I've been to Sicily multiple times. It's not as good, right? The pizza up here is is the the I'm I'm a big fluff guy. I like the fluffy pizza. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. So when I take a nice bite, there's a few places that specialize in that. And it's so damn good. And I've been, you know, it's my favorite type of food. I've been to Houston. I uh, had their barbecue. Fantastic. I was there actually to watch Adesanya and Whitaker, uh, mm. February, I was at that card. So I, I went with one of my buddies, uh, and we went to the same barbecue place three different times, all three days we were there and we didn't, we didn't change it up. It was fantastic. That's the only food that I say that barbecue is the only food that can compete with the pizza. That the barbecue. barbecue was unbelievable. No, oh, I believe it, man.
0: I believe it. Hibachi's up there for me, with me, too. Oh, I don't dude. know why, but something about a good hibachi, oh, I'll
1: tear That's it up. Good hibachi could put you to bed. Good hibachi just makes you, It just stuffs you up, but it's so damn good. You just can't stop eating it. But I do want to try. I want to try that Louisiana food because I hear people talk about it, and I've seen videos like I obviously like at LSU games, they do the tailgate before with like a huge gumbo pots or whatever. And I've seen oh, yeah. that. And like I just want to experience it. It's definitely on my bucket list. Do you all have tailgates like that up there? Like not even close. Not even close. Really? No. No. Oh. So that's so crazy because like down here,
0: like that's that's yeah. I no, think that's like half half the fun of the football game, or like half yeah. the whole football experience is the like the tailgates and stuff.
1: No, definitely not. Like it's not even on the same stratosphere we don't really do that it's more of like you go to the game and like if you do tailgate it's like you just drink outside the car like there's no food like that like is I've, I've, I've never been to a tailgate really like that
0: oh dude it's nuts it is not there's people it looks like a it looks like a woodstock festival every saturday at yeah L.C. i know I, I watch
1: i watch like the games sometimes and like even like at georgia and bama and all the southern schools do it like different than you know because college football means a lot down there you know up here we have you know baseball you know the jets and giants and and the knicks and you know all these different teams up here whereas down in alabama it's the tide you know it's auburn and down even in you know in louisiana i feel like you know you have the saints right that's a big one uh but then it's lsu you know and and on saturdays it definitely gets rowdy oh yeah have you, oh, yeah. you've been to, you've been to them, right? Oh yeah, dude, that was the dream. I wanted to, I wanted to go play in Tiger
0: stadium. That was, that was my goal for yeah. 18 years or 17 years of my life.
1: So what made you switch up to martial arts?
0: The fact that I was five foot nine and you know, I don't know, football I, to me, it went through this transition and now it's almost, it seems like it's going through like another one, but so let me say this the recruiting, all the, all, all the recruiting to me before the wave of, I don't know how long this wave lasted, but, but before recruiting was like combines and stuff, it was like game footage and you yeah. like go see, you know, go watch the guy play, whatever. Then somewhere along the line, it came to, it started coming down to like combine and like, uh, what do you call them? Invitational kind of things, like in the off season. And now I'm seeing they're doing a lot more like, like, drills that actually look like they translate to the game like pass rush drills and pass coverage drills and you know fill in the hole drills but at least the combines i would go to when this whole recruiting process stuff would happen it was literally like all right come in we're gonna measure you we're gonna do your wing spam we're gonna you know 40 yard dash we're gonna do this and that And uh, guys line up uh, one one line of receivers one line of linebackers and dbs i don't know how that there was no like drills really that applied to anywhere. It was very much like, let's get your measurables down and uh thanks for paying us 50 bucks. Have fun, go home. Yeah, <laughs> and,
1: how, how how all college sports are I feel like now? Yeah. Well, yeah, at like, least now
0: they're like putting in some drills and like I'm still trust me, I hate I'm I'm very much a game footage guy. Let me watch the person play, let me see how they do. But at least now they're doing like some drills. I don't know. I feel like it went through a period where it was just like, let me measure you and see if you're going to be any good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like that's why I feel like martial arts is the best, man. Cause I feel like in so many sports, it's like, you know, in basketball, oh, let me take your wingspan. Oh yeah. you got a 10,000 foot wingspan and you're seven feet tall. All right. Yeah. Like join the team. And then like you watch martial arts and you have guys like DC knocking out fucking uh, Stipe Miocic and <laughs> like DC competing against guys like John Jones and and that's why, you know, you never know where, with, with, you know, even football, it's like, all right, you're a DB. Are you six foot three with long arms and legs? No. All right. Well, goodbye. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, they just care about what you can be. And uh, it's just so unforgiving, you know, the little yeah. people like us. <laughs>
0: I feel you, man. That was the thing that intrigued me about martial arts though. It was like with, with football, there was a barrier, like there was a certain amount I could play. And then there was a barrier to entry with some gatekeepers that I had to get by. And if you don't, if you don't fit the test, bro, you ain't getting by. But with MMA, it was like, okay, I don't care if people say I'm small for a division. I don't care. Like they have to show me, they have to like not lose to me. They have to not wake up unconscious staring at some lights. Then they can say, okay, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there, there has to be some proof there. Yeah. And that was what, like, that was one of the main things that intrigued me. The other th- cool thing to me is like, each the longer I've done I didn't know this whenever I was getting into it but as I've done it for six or so years now I think every body style has its own way of fighting that is advantageous advantageous to it before Mike Tyson came along with all these hook punches and staying inside and stuff who was the big the big it was Muhammad Ali and he would dance around and hit you with straight punches and head movement Tyson had head movement but he is not Muhammad Ali no. both of them all-time greats you both of them like heavyweights both of them small for the heavyweight division actually if you look at it yeah, really And cool. it's i don't know that was one of the cool things and the more I, the more i get into it the more i'm like oh this super wiry nerdy guy in jujitsu is actually an absolute assassin just like this guy who's from brazil you know as god knows what tatted up gonna uh what's the dude's name there's some dude that has a uh, free spirit or something tattooed. Oh. Kyle Ohio. Yeah, 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 he's a beast, bro. He's, he's good. good. Yeah, he But two totally different types of people, right? And both of them have a way of either, you know, decapitating another human.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's something I've always found intriguing, you know, is in, in football, you know, I guess you could have like a quarterback who's, you know, like a Pat Mahomes who could just sling the thing, you know, 5,000 yards or a Lamar Jackson. But that's really the only two kind of styles you can have, you know, as a quarterback. You're either a runner or you're a thrower. Whereas in martial arts, you know, even like, like if you look at like the, uh, you know, the lightweight division, like you had guys like Khabib who fought a completely different style we would never seen before. And you had guys like Oliveira who are – that guy, I mean, I don't even know what his style is. He's just good at everything. He's just, oh. And then you had guys like Dustin who are, in my opinion, you know, bo- you know I think Dustin likes to box. He's a jujitsu black belt. But I think he's, you know, when, when you watch a fight, that guy likes to scrap and box. And then you had guys like Conor who, you know, were light on his feet, moving, you know, left hands over the top, getting in and out. And then guys like Tony, who were m and roles. Like, there's just so many different styles blended into one sport. And that's what makes it so great is because, you know, I don't know. What, what would you say Anja's style is? Is, it, is he more of a striker, right? I'd say striker,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: kick he's a striker. And, and I'd say you're like a – I'd say – are you grapple heavy, you'd say?
0: Is I you like using like, it, but honestly, dude, I started off as a kickboxer.
1: Really? Yeah. I thought yeah. After the, I, like I said, I, I didn't know your style before you fought Matt. And then if you watched that fight, I would say you had more of a, like a grappling. I think you were well-rounded, but I thought your grappling showed in that fight. Um, I thought your grappling really showed a, a good level in that fight. And that's what I thought you were. I thought you were, thought you were like a high school wrestler or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was
0: so, – dude, it's, it always flips, right? So going into the, my contender series fight, I had – uh eight wins or no i had four three knockouts and four submissions i think going into the contender series oh wow and i, do, and I was i was considered i was considered a grappler when i was going yeah. in there when they were talking about it then i do the flying knee thing whatever four and four dead even subs and knockouts then going into mats i was like a knockout guy or whatever i was like yeah. a, it's whatever weird. you call it yeah so then i don't know it's I, uh, wh- whatever I see my weaknesses, I try to like dive into that pretty hard. So, like I said, I started off kickboxing and everything and lost a few fights as an amateur from grappling and basically put myself through like a year, just say like a year long, I won't say camp, but like the focus of where all my training was going was like, just like I, how I learned to become a proficient striker. It's like, okay, now I'm going to learn the language of grappling. I'm not just going to learn how to stop wrestling or how to, how to defend it. I want to learn how to use it and implement it as a weapon. So once I learned it, I was like, Oh shit, dude, this is a great way to like make people tired and make it way easier to punch them in the face. So like, that was kind of the plan with Matt. I wanted to take him down. And why I said, like, I, I did, I it was really smart on his part or really good on his part that he was technically proficient with his energy on the ground. That's literally what I was trying to do. I was wanting to tire him out so I could beat him up on the feet some more. Um, But yeah, no, I love using it. I'll never shy away from the grappling, but uh, I also like standing and trading a little bit, too.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. That's why, That's why. I mean, deep down, that's why, you know, everybody signs up for it, you know, that, that feeling yeah. of banging and, and, uh, you know, so was, I want to talk about now um, this weekend. So they're doing the, the fight night on ABC. Uh, it's a pretty good card, uh, top to bottom. And I'll be there. Uh, it's in Long Island, so it's about an hour and a half from my house. Nice, man. Uh, and I want to get my dad into I, I've got my dad into the UFC. I try to get my, my friends into it. We're all, you know, for every pay-per-view card, they come over and, you know, we watch together. And a lot of my friends will watch some fight nights, but I, I this is the first event I'm going to with my dad. I went to the MSG card earlier this year with Usman Covington. I was there with that one. And that was a Gaethje Chandler fight. Uh, and then, yeah, right? And then I was in Houston for Adesanya Whitaker um, which was, you know, it was all right, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to talk about al out here. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, this is the first event I'm going to with my dad, and I'm bringing my uncle and a couple of my friends. Uh, and I think it's gonna this be, their first event? Uh, my uncle's first event. And I believe one of my friends who I went to Houston with is coming with me. And then the other one, this is his first event. So, okay. you know, I, a lot of first-timers. Uh, but I, I think this is a good event to take people to, you know, because it's just not expensive. And you have, I think, in the main event, Ortega and Yair. I think this could be a banger. Like, oh, yeah, like fight, fight of the year contender. Because both of those guys, they, they're just like, they got that Mexican spirit of just warriors. You watch Ortega, like his face against Volk and his face against Holloway, which is just mangled. And mm. Yair against Holloway, mangled face. And I don't know how this one's going to play out. I guess. I kind of wanted to ask you what you thought because I don't know if Ortega's I don't think he's gonna use his grappling this fight. I think they're gonna stand and trade. I really do. I could see that. I don't
0: I think Yair is a guy that's hard to take down. Just like like looking at his has, his frame, he's kind of wiry for the division, mm-hmm. but it, also just how he moves, man. Guys who move in those unorthodox ways, they're they're tough to like like center up to figure out where you're shooting on. Um and I think also based on how the last two fights have gone with Ortega, I think he's probably spent a good bit on his boxing.
1: And yeah. to be honest,
0: I think even, even if he didn't do that going into this fight, I think his pure boxing is, it might be a little bit better than Yair's. It's I not, think- much. it's not, it's not a huge discrepancy, but um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be fireworks, dude.
1: I, that's what I think too. And cause say, Yair, he throws these crazy kicks and, he crank kicks and question mark kicks, whereas we're taking kind of like to stand with a high guard and just go at you. Um, and obviously he's got like the, the wicked jujitsu that he almost won the belt with. But I think, he, you know, his love now is to kind of show his toughness and put on for the fans, um, which is something I definitely have seen in his last few fights. And I'm really interested and I'm excited. You know, when this fight got announced that it was going to be you know, close to home, I was like, yeah, like I got to. I got to get out there and see that. Oh yeah, because I think it's you know two guys who are hungry at the top of their division, and it's such a weird division now because you have such a dominant champ. And I think you know the winner of this fight can probably get the next shot if he doesn't go up or whatever. But I, I think you know the, the, it's going to be a sold out crowd. I think it's going to be loud, and that's that's a fight that I'm really looking forward to. And I, I think he said you think you said I think Ortega's boxing is is on a level that I think is underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, that Both of them are absolute assassins, you know, crazy yeah. knockouts and submissions. It's just, I think it's going to be a great fight. Yeah.
0: Those first timers picked a, uh, picked a good one to go to.
1: That's what I told them. That's what, yeah, yeah I got I a
0: question I, for you. How was, so you say you're a sports fan, right? You probably go into other sports games and stuff. Yeah. How does a UFC show compare to the experience of like other sports games, NBA, NFL, whatever?
1: Oh, I can tell you this right now. I I'm a very big New York Mets fan, baseball, um, and I've been to sold out games there. In the playoffs, you know, I've been to some sold out games. Other places, I've been to next games at the Garden, sold out next games. Um, I remember vividly. I had to w- so I went to USC 268 with at Madison Square Garden. It was Usman Covington fight. And I remember going home to my, I went to my uncle's house afterwards and I had to get up kind of early and go back home to Jersey, which is about an hour drive for my dad's birthday. And I remember getting, I got back at like 3am to my uncle's house and I vividly remember I, I think I took three or four melatonin and I it just didn't, didn't work. I literally, I remember my ears were just ringing like Crazy ringing, and I just laid there, like staring at the ceiling for six hours and ended up leaving like 10 in the morning, like two hours before I had to, because I literally did not sleep a second after that. And then when I went to Houston, mm-hmm. um, it was just, it was almost, it wasn't quite as the same as the Madison Square Garden was, because the Gaethje Chandler fight alone made that uh, an insane atmosphere. And then Usman and Covington, and Burgos was on that card, and Alice Pereira debuted on that card. Mm-hmm. uh bobby green like, it was just an insane stack card and i just remember just laying there staring at the ceiling and i was like there's no way i'm gonna go to sleep after that and then in houston i had to wake up at seven in the morning next day for a flight and i remember i got like two hours of sleep and i was just like this isn't like it, it's it's unlike anything it's it really is it's i no, tell people this all the time it's if you want to go to a sporting event buy tickets to a ufc and just go for the card and i promise you you will be hooked I, I tell that all the time,
0: dude. I'm with you. I second that. I try telling people like Tiger. Look, Tiger Stadium, Death Valley, with a hundred thousand something people all screaming, whatever. Like that. That's something. It's it's something for sure. But dude, I don't know what it is. It's like the energy in that place is just nuts. And when it switches over from the the main card to, or the uh, the prelims to the pay-per-view and they play that montage of Baba O'Reilly on the screen, dude, and it's all the old knockouts. Oh, man. My, dude, my first one was uh, when Dustin fought Max for the interim 55 belt. In- Were you there? Yes, dude. That was my first ever one. Me and my parents flew out. We went. And they had, I don't know if you remember, right before Dustin and Max's was uh, Israel Adesanya and uh, Kelvin Gastelum. Two instant classics, dude. My mind was blown. I felt like I had a spiritual experience there in the crowd. It was nuts. There was had another one underrated fight with Shane Burgos. and uh,
1: yes. Shane Burgos. <laughs> I try to tell people. I went and saw Shane Burgos fight Billy Q. And oh. I was like, what the fuck? And he's fighting this weekend against Charles Jordan. Is he really? Damn. He Jordan, the, the guy who had the Sparta kick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The scrap. Never and I you, nobody, nobody talks about Shane, bro. The guy puts on bangers. He fought like Josh Emmett, absolute banger. His last fight, banger. The, who did he fight when you uh when you saw him? Oh,
0: dude. When, whenever I saw him, it was that weird knock. No, I think I, he might have actually fought on both of those. Man, I think he did fight on both of them. One of them, it was the weird like knockout uh kind of thing where he got hit and kind oh, you know? of stumbled back. Yes, yes. That um, was that?
1: Or are you talking about? I gotta go back now. And... I know.
0: I'm curious now. I think I saw him fight twice. Shane Burgos. Do you remember what year that was? Two twenty. This was nineteen, probably.
1: That's when Max won. Uh, let me look it up. Now, yeah, I'm actually really curious. Holloway. Yeah, same. First, poor yeah It was. Yeah, wow, Kelvin Gasolum. Oh, Alan fought on that, that card too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who the hell fought? He was on this card. Who's that? Burgos on the card.
0: He went on Atlanta. Then he was on the other one. He was on a. Uh, I'm thinking of Chandler and Oliveira. I oh, saw he that.
1: Was, he were there too? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was... card. Phew! This car had some crazy names on it. The one that you went to, uh, Bala Mohammed was on there. Yeah. Adasanya. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, and- I'm
0: telling you, like, my mind was fucking blown. That was like, yeah, it was crazy.
1: So, what was, yeah, I guess, I mean, that was like a, a great night for you then, right? I mean, Dustin won the interim bell and you got to see two absolute bangers. And so, was it, did you sleep after that?
0: I probably did. Well, I don't know, actually. I think I did. I think I did. I think I was able to come down because my, my adrenaline is like, I get that adrenaline spike with me and my teammates fighting stuff. Actually, I can't remember. I don't know if I slept. I might not have. But my, my adrenaline spike when I fight kind of goes a little high. So
1: yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
0: But No, dude, I remember seeing, like, seeing again, going back to the same thing. Guys you're in the room with, guys you know are human, you see them on the world's biggest stage, like with their lifetime achievement. And you're what? Like, dude, it's crazy. On top of being the first event, like yeah, at all, taking all that in, all the lights, all the montages they'll do, the crowd noise. It's
1: crazy, man. So it was loud in there. How loud was it? Was it louder for Izzy's or Dustin? What'd you say? I mean it was probably crazy for both. Probably, of them.
0: dude. It's so hard. To, Cause Izzy and them like like everybody was already ramped up, ready to go. Yeah, and and yeah, man. Just right I under. remember round round five for Izzy was like I did for like 45 seconds, I was just crazy, man. I was at you know, the other one I was at when Dustin fought uh Charles was that dude. was crazy. Was Amanda Nunez and uh yeah. yes
1: dude
0: you were that there. That was the other one. What's that? You were there? Yes. Yes.
1: Were you were in the corner in fight?
0: No, no, no. I was in the stands. Yeah.
1: Damn. Yeah. You were there too? That that must have been wild. That sound. I mean, all the
0: events I've gone to so far have been like, blow your socks off.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I've been to two solid ones. I saw Ty to Ivaza knock out uh, Derek Lewis, and no. I was not, I was, I was sad. I was in
0: Houston, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was.
0: It's
1: probably quiet, wasn't it? Dead quiet. But I remember, like when Bruce was announcing him, like his name, and he was like, "Derek the Black." It was so loud in there, oh, and yeah. everybody was just screaming. And then I've seen, and then but nothing. I don't think we'll ever compare. When I was, I, I shit you not, dude, Geachy and Chandler, like. It was the, it opened up the main card because the only reason it opened up the main card was because Trevor Whitman has the three, right? He has the three, Thug uh, Rose and Camaro. So they didn't want to do three in a row, so they just opened it up. And the last fight of the prelims was Pereira. And it was pretty full in there, but everybody was sitting down during the Pereira fight. And then they did the, the thing with the montage on the big screen for the opening thing. And I just remember they went right into the montage. And as soon as the montage was over, they had like a little – preview for the fight like a little video for the fight and then I just remember Gaethje walking out or it might have been Chandler I forget who walked out first but I just remember that moment everybody stood up and you didn't sit down I didn't sit down the whole fight I I literally I just remember like um, my heart was just like just beating out of this beating out my chest I didn't know what was going on I was just, it was like the fastest 20 minutes of my life, just watching these guys just stand and trade. And it was an insane fight. Nobody sat down. The place went from like three quarters full to not an empty seat. Everybody was standing up, just going insane. It didn't matter if you were the wife of a boyfriend or a girlfriend who didn't give a shit about MMA. Like you watched that fight in person. And I, I just remember my ears. I couldn't, I don't know what was going on. I just was like, this is the best experience I've ever had at a sporting event in my entire life.
0: Yeah, dude, there's something different. I don't know what it is. I still don't know what it is. But. I don't
1: either. And and obviously, you're fighting uh, in front of this. Is, this has got to be the biggest crowd in front of For right? sure. For Not sure. even close, right? Um, and I, I'd imagine, does that add a layer to it for you in terms of adrenaline? Or is it going to be the same as the Apex? You know, I don't,
0: I I don't think it'll be the same as the Apex. But I'm kind of looking forward to that, man. I feel like I've you know, I've gotten the diet UFC experience. It's kind of how I've been saying it. Like Tinder in the apex, like no walkout music, no nothing. Just like basically empty room, except all the most important people watching your fight. And then the next one, the fight in the apex with Matt, you know, there's, there's some fans and stuff, but it's 200 people, if even that. Um, Yeah. I've like, whenever you dream it up, right. Whenever you dream of fighting the UFC, You dream of you dream of the crowd, right? You dream of those moments where you're like standing on top of the cage or whatever, like, you know, with the crowd roaring, that's always somewhere in there. So it's probably going to add some, some some sort of layer, but one thing I carry with me pretty well into each fight and this kind of goes back to your point of, um, you know, you notice I was calm in there or whatever Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, man, when that cage closes, yeah, my, the skill level, my opponent changes, The circumstances outside of the cage, I do more of these interviews or whatever, the higher you get up in the, in the rankings and all that circumstances outside all that change. But like one of the coolest things about the sport is like how pure and raw it is. As soon as that pin drops, it goes right back to, okay, there's me and another body type and another person who wants to take my head off as uncomforting as that sounds. I don't know why, but it's the most like comfortable place I feel in this whole world. It's what I do every day in the gym. And it's, I don't have to worry about anything else. Everything I need to like handle is right in front of me and I'm fully prepared to like, to do it. And to me, the crowd was always part of the dream. So that now that it's finally there, I'm not looking at it. Like it's oh, you know, the biggest crowd, the biggest, like, it's like, yeah, like this is your reward, bro. Like not only yeah, did exactly. you make it here, you've now had, you know, your contender fight, your mat fight, whatever. Like you've had a couple like at this level. Now it's like time to take this step and get in front of some eyeballs, you know?
1: Exactly. That's what, that's what I think is so sick is like, there's no, like, that's what I'm saying. There's really no sport like it, you know, basketball in college you're playing in front of, even, shit, in high school basketball, you know, you're playing in front of a lot of people. In college, you're playing in front of a lot of people. Then you go to the NBA, you're just playing in front of the same amount of people. Football, you're playing in front of more people at Happy Valley than you are, or Death Valley than you are. at. And, you know, if you play for the the Saints, the, the, the LSU Stadium is literally, like, twice the size of the, the Superdome, right? Am I mean, like, so... No, I
0: think it's it's a little bit bigger, but the Saints thing is actually deceptive, dude. You can put, like, 100 or almost 100,000 people in there. Really? I think it's, like, 80 or 90. Damn, it's not. I
1: yeah,
0: but you get yeah, what Death there, Valley right? though is is humongous. Yeah, I know what you're saying.
1: For so it's sure. like what for you it's like you go from you know a small uh, promotion, then you go to the contender series where there's nobody there, then you go to the apex where there's maybe 500 people, and then you go to Salt Lake City in this you know Utah Jazz arena with thousands of people in there. You know, and it's just like it, every time it and it, it gets bigger, and as the higher you go up on the card, the more people are going to be in their seats, and it's just. It's just a crazy, crazy experience, and I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing that. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, just,
0: dude, it's, it's sweet, man. There's the Adrenaline is a hell of a drug.
1: Yeah, I, 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 could imagine. Um, you know, you feel like you're on top of the world. Um, when, sometimes
0: you feel like the world's on top of you too.
1: Yeah, let's, uh, let's not get it twisted. No, yeah, for sure. There's definitely pros and cons to uh, being a professional fighter. You know, it's just. It's something that very few people on this earth can do, Um, especially, you know, imagine being all hyped up and going out there and having to grapple somebody, you know, and just sucking that energy right out of you Um, because I've taken jujitsu classes and it is absolutely brutal on the body. Like I played high school basketball. I played high school soccer. I don't think I've ever been as tired as I was the first time I walked into a jujitsu gym. It was just I felt like death. I I literally thought I was going to throw up. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I think to your point, I think for sure being a
0: professional fighter and stuff, not a lot of people can do it or not a lot of people are meant to do it, whatever. But I think virtually everybody can get something out of martial arts, whether that be kickboxing or jujitsu or whatever. And I think honestly, like, because it's, it's like embedded in our human nature, like it's somewhere deep down in our human nature Everybody can benefit from it. Everybody can in some way, even if they say they can't, even if they say they're super violence averse and stuff somewhere, everybody's got that little dark side or that little thing that needs to, you know, that little thing with some teeth that's got to find its place in the world. And I think the reason like that, it feels so different watching a fight versus like any other sporting event. For one, we talked about it earlier, but it's 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 raw and it's pure and it's 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 in some ways like it's the truth like you you can't hide when you get in there no matter how much shit i talk no matter what i say no matter what i say i can do no matter all the cool videos i post on instagram like at the end of the day when that pin drops like i gotta live with what's in my head and what i've built my body into and that's got to be able to withstand this fucking hurricane that's standing across from me in this cage and if i didn't do the work or if he didn't do the work One of us is going to know. Yeah, that's, dude, that's one of the coolest things about the fight is you get real in touch with exactly what the other person is feeling in there too. Like you you hear their, their breathing patterns change. You, you feel when they submit to you, like you feel like a certain relenting in the, the the tension of their muscles, you know, that they're, they're kind of on their way out. But I think everybody, like, because that's in us, everybody, when you watch a fight, it's almost like you're watching like a a theatrical performance. And what I mean is like a good movie or a good theatrical performance. It like plays out some story or some struggle that like everybody can kind of like see or get to. And what you're seeing is like, you've probably felt in your jujitsu classes, but there's almost like little moments in a role or in a scramble or in a, in whatever, where you kind of like talk to yourself and you're like, shit, I'm tired. Bro. Like there's that internal dialogue that goes on. And when people watch fights, we all have that in us. We all can relate to that in some deep down way. We're physically watching out the manifestation of those, like that little internal battle that everybody has to deal with in their own kind of way. We just have the, the fighters, the, the theatrical performers, if you will, just have the, the highest degree of it, right? We're, we've devoted all of our time, all of our thing into getting punched in the face so that we can play out this beautiful performance for you. And you can see our little battles in our heads going on in a real physical space. And I think when people, the fights with the drama are the most like interesting, the most captivating. I think the ones, because everybody falls in their life, everybody has like mistakes that they make or whatever. So when you watch that in a performance, it like grips you in even more. And then when you see, yeah. see somebody come back from that or somebody get you know cut open and battle through it, like it tugs on something in you that's like, oh I I can do that a little, you know what
1: I mean? Like it tugs on something there. Inspiring. That's what it is, you know. Like even when when you watch, that's why I think uh, Charles has had you know such a big, a big, you know, uh, he. I think he's a superstar now, and he doesn't even speak fucking English. He he just he's just a superstar because you see the guy get knocked down in all of his fights, and he looks like he's out of it, and then two seconds later, he's 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 getting his hand raised you know, so people want to see that. And like a guy like Francis, you know, who come came from where he came from and, um, and, you know, just battled and now is on top of the world. People, people can relate to that in martial arts the same way they can relate to that in their personal life. You know, if they've been through a dark patch, I feel like fighting can represent, um, you know, your internal battle with yourself. Sometimes, you know, if you've been through a tough patch and you've been knocked down before, you know, if you if you go out and take a jiu class or, you know, you could find a way out of that through through fighting. And a lot of people think that's completely, uh, you know, not the case, but I could say for personal experience, you know, my confidence, you know, used to be at an all-time low. Um, and I started, you know, doing that, doing jiu-jitsu classes because I felt like shit. And, you know, it, as a way, it almost was symbolic of, you know, as I was getting better at jujitsu, as I was, you know, getting better at the art, I felt my confidence go up at the same time, and it was like, it was, it was linear. It was the same. You know, so as I was getting better with this art that I fell in love with, I got more confident, and I noticed a change in my mood, and and I feel like that that's due to martial arts. Like I don't know where I'd be without it. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people are scared to give it a try because of the fear in their head, and I was walking into my first jiu-jitsu class I was shitting bricks I didn't you know I was like I I don't know what I'm doing here but it's that little voice in you that just tells you to you know keep pushing yourself so uh that's the reason I started and I I noticed such a big difference and you know have you noticed the difference in you from when you first started martial arts to you know where you're at now as a man not even as a fighter just as a man
0: yeah 100% man I have this I always say this and I've noticed this more Definitely through my experience, but I've noticed both sides of the coin through coaching. Um, but for me, man, it—I say—I say fighting or martial arts—it gives the person what they need, and there's two extremes of that. And What I mean is like. I'll, I'll say it through my coaching lens. There's, the, there's the, the kid that comes in that's not very confident. Maybe some stuff's going on at home. Maybe he just doesn't have a, a, something that's his. He doesn't have his thing yet. He hadn't figured out that thing that separates him or that makes him special, whatever. They come in and they're you see it. They're real shy. They're, they're kind of like off to themselves on the mat a little bit. They, their voice is real low. And then through the course of sometimes even the first class, they start seeing they they they're able to do some of these moves and their confidence grows like by the second almost, but even more than the first class, it's it's the first month to the first six months to say a kid makes it a year. I guarantee you by the end of that year, that kid, I'm noticing an, a huge difference by the time he walks in to the time when he steps on the mat and everything, man. It's not just how he is on the mat, not just his confidence on the mat, but how he's interacting with his peers, how he's like looking you in the eye now when he's talking, like how they're conducting themselves in just a a human manner has completely changed just through learning to fight and stuff. And then the other side of that coin is like you take a kid like me who has two older brothers, comes off of playing high school sports and playing football his whole life, and is full of piss and vinegar. For me, it's given me like the opposite. Like I've always been the real passionate, heated, like super emotional kind of player, and it's like it's done the opposite for me. It's like brought me to like a neutral, like taught me how to tame the dragon, almost. Like it's, uh, I don't know. I I can't speak highly of it enough. And I think, like I said, like I love this thing. Like this is all I really think about. Everything fighting is my lens for the world. So for me to go out there and fight on a world stage, it's. It just seems right to me, but not everybody's going to have that same like, oh, uh, to wanting to learn to fight at this in the same breath, though, it's very empowering as a man or a woman or a kid or whatever to know how to defend yourself yeah. in the least bit like the, the situations you allow yourself to be put in the the world, like whenever you're confident with your ability to defend yourself, you're confident in. your body and in your situations the way it's almost like the world opens up for you you're not like tucked off in this little corner figuratively in terms of like just staying in your own everything you're used to and staying in your own little bubble but also like literally like these kids like they're not like tucked off in the corner of the room anymore they're like interacting and their their personality totally changes so for me it kind of like mellowed me down and taught me how to, to deal with some of those you know the higher end of it and i've seen for other people it'll It'll bring them up. It has a way of you know just centering everybody.
1: Yeah, it's 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 truly like a one of a kind sport. You know, you bring it's crazy too. You bring you know guys who I've seen guys come in who uh, you know were the star of their high school basketball team and feel like they were on top of the world, and then three seconds later they get leg tripped, they get <laughs> full mounted, and you know they're in a they're in an arm triangle, and they feel like they can't do anything. You know, and I feel like it just evens everybody out yeah, you know it can humble you like you said it can humble you tame that dragon or it could lift you up and help you find uh a new level to yourself that you didn't even know was there you know and that's that's why I love it so much and it it's uh truly in my opinion you know one of the greatest things in the world um because I feel like no sport can make you feel like that um, you know because no sport like that is one-on-one you know it's just when I played, you know, soccer, you know, I could blame the goalie if I wanted to. If I played basketball, I could blame the point guard, baseball, I could blame the pitcher for throwing a pitch down the middle. You know, it's, and it's and fighting, it's you know, when you go in there and the cage door closes, it's it's not, you know, who else's fault could it be? It's it's yours. It's your responsibility as a man, you know, one on one. And that's something that, you know, I I personally I could never do it. I just feel like I put too much pressure on myself. And if I lost, I'd I'd probably, you know, uh just be really down for a while. So I guess, what was it like for you um, You know, after your last fight? Did you, cause I know you said you watched the fight a lot. Were you able to, cause I feel like there were a lot of things you could take out of that fight positively. Sure. Did you get down on yourself? Did you, you know, or did you look at it almost as a learning experience?
0: I dude, I am look. I'm my I'm my absolute worst critic. I will in the room back to, as soon as I got back, and I was I probably watched it three times immediately. I was damn near like berating myself. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Why are you like not? Why are you not scrambling like the blah blah blah? But in the same breath, like I was also I'm also able to zoom out a pretty decent bit, I'm also able to take in what Tim and Dustin and my other corner coach, Hobby, are, are saying to me. And, you know, coming in with a big test versus a guy like Matt, like I'm not, I've I've taken losses as an amateur. I wasn't scared. I wasn't one of those guys that like, you know, I'm not like Sugar Sean. I'm not going to be, you know, 12 and one or whatever, saying I'm 12 and whatever he is now. I'm not one of those dudes. Like I'll I'll own a loss. Like if a dude beats me, great. But in the same breath, like I, because I experienced those losses, I had already seen, how they could be turned into positives. I lost a few fights by wrestling as an amateur. And then like, you know, now I'm on here, you know, you're saying I'm a grappler and stuff, you know? Yeah. So working, working my way up, but, um, I wasn't too bummed out. I was more just, uh, you know, wish just disappointed, you know, you, yeah. you want storybook debut and everything, but um, I also knew, it, especially, you know, with Matt saying his post fight interview, everything he did saying, you know, he thought great fight, blah, blah, blah be here a while, all that stuff. Oh. Um, you just got to take the good with the bad. You know, I was more just kind of ready to get back to work. I, I felt like I had, you know, gotten into the gotten the UFC, like the, the little diet UFC experience. And I want more. I want a yeah, lot
1: more. For sure. And you have a long ways to go only being 25. You know, not a lot of guys are as young as you are uh and i you know i think you're gonna be here for ohio man I, I really do um me and, too man we gonna get it yeah you have to you have to and i you know like i said by 28 years old you could be you could have a number next to that name easily in my opinion i think you know you're you're on your way um that's what i you know i i tell a lot of people i had a I don't know if you neil know, terrence is kenny mm-hmm. we fought on the same week oh yeah that's right that's right uh me and him, I was talking to him about it, and both of you guys have your fights, actually. He is fighting on the 6th, you're fighting the 20th, so uh, I'm definitely going to be interested in watching YouTube, because I interviewed him after his last fight against Drew, and then I just interviewed you, so I'm, inter- I'm interested to see, you know, you guys in your next performance after, you know, me talking to you and getting to understand you, because I feel like this is a part of, of athletes that maybe, you know, I wouldn't understand, and I wouldn't have known this about you, all the stuff about you and Terrence if if we didn't talk, you know, and get to know each other. And uh, now I'm going to be interested to see watching through a lens, uh, a different lens than the kid sitting next to me. Who doesn't, you know, have this experience. So I truly do thank you for that. Um, Cause it's something that as a fan of the sport, I want to, I want to embrace myself and, you know, get as into it as I can, you know, and by talking to people like you and, and Terrence and others who have fought, you know, like Matt, uh, I'll probably have Matt on next week or the week after. Oh yeah. Cause I want to talk about his fight coming up with Alex and, you know, we'll talk about this interview and I'll we'll probably talk about his last fight versus you, you know, and get a different way. I just want to immerse myself in this, this sport as much as I can and kind of understand, you know, where you guys think because you guys are, you know, the source of entertainment and, and, you know, the art itself. So I do thank you for coming on. I really appreciate oh, it. Me, yeah, of course. And you know, if we want to do this again, I'd be more than happy. Uh, I'm definitely going to be, definitely going to be tuned in to your, to your next fight. Uh, August 20th, Salt Lake City, USC 280 or 279? 278. 278. Uh-huh. 278. Yep, yep, that's right. USC 278 yep. in Salt Lake City. Thank you so much for coming on, AJ. I appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Have fun. A good one, bro. Enjoy the fights tomorrow. You too, boss. Right. Thank you, my man. Have a good one. Bye, hey, bye.